Yes, hello there and welcome to episode number 453 of the Youpreneur podcast. It is great to be in your eardrums as always. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Ducker, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Hey, I don't know what you guys are up to, but as I record this, we are getting ready to celebrate. Yes, that's right. It's a, it's, it's a jubilee weekend uh, here in the UK, unless you're a uh, living under a rock somewhere in the world. It's the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, 70 years on the throne. And as a proud Brit and a, a big royal family fan, got that from my mother who got that from her grandmother and so on and so on. You know how these things work. Um, we're going to be celebrating and we're going to be, we're going to be kind of bringing out the Bridgerton tea set, right? You know, the tiered tea set. Um, and we've got scones and jam and clotted cream and cucumber sandwiches with no crusts, obviously. Uh, and we're going to do cakes and lots of fun. And there's buntings hanging up everywhere. There's Union Jacks. As we all know, I, I have a Union Jack fridge in my office, but there's Union Jacks literally everywhere in our home <laughs> and outside at the moment. But it's good stuff. Um, by the time you listen to this, you would have celebrated, hopefully, uh, this phenomenal milestone. I mean, 70 years on the throne. Unbelievable. Um, congratulations to Her Majesty and all that support her around the world. Um, however, today we've got a great, great show for you. Yuri Alkim from Healthpreneur is joining us. If you don't know Yuri, um, then you really do need to check out what he's all about, particularly if you are a health professional, right? If you're a health professional, somebody that ultimately is in the game of the health industry, uh, whether you're a you know a doctor, chiropractor, dentist, physiotherapist, you name it, um, Yuri has been working for years on building up the Healthpreneur brand. And uh, funnily enough, we we've, we've never actually got round to talking about the Healthpreneur thing all that all that much more than just hey, we're both somethingpreneurs. This is good. Um, but what we did get to really dive deep on is building up like a perfect client pipeline and how you can do that through everything from running a small amount of Facebook ads through the webinars, through the email funnels, nurture systems, offers, pay gateways. I mean, you name it. We talk about the entire thing right here. So I'm not going to waffle on anymore. It's a slightly longer episode than usual. And um, trust me, you're going to love every minute. Here's myself and Yuri. Youpreneur FM, helping you build the business of you. So Yuri, welcome to the show, man. It's good to be here, Chris. Thanks for having me, buddy. It's great to have you here. This is I feel like this is ridiculously overdue um, in a couple of different ways. Number one, just a proper catch-up because it feels like we've been connected for so long online. We've got like a gazillion mutual friends and we've never really truly hung out properly in person. And I feel like we haven't actually connected properly other than just pleasantries and, you know, silly little emojis on social media for ages. So number one, it's overdue because of that. Number two, it's overdue because you've never been on the show before. And so, like, this is it. Let's impart some of the Yuri wisdom um, and uh, kind of see if we can blow a few minds here. You have done so much over the last few years, um, particularly, I mean, like with the healthpreneur, how long, how long have you been running healthpreneur now? Seven years. Yeah. So I was like going to say, 
Yeah, it kind of came, it, it was birthed out of my old business, which was more like just health and fitness to the consumer. Yeah. And then I had a lot of people in that space start asking me for business advice. And I was like, huh, maybe this mm-hmm. is the next thing. And by that point, I mean, I've been online since 2005. So I really had to figure out the business and marketing side of things because I was clueless with that stuff when I started. And yep. then I got really good at it because I had to. And that's kind of how health partners started is like, there's so many amazing health professionals and coaches out there that just don't know how to get their awesomeness in front of the right people. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, let's be real. Like the same can be said for pretty much every industry on the planet totally. fundamentally. I mean, particularly, yeah. I mean, like you help help, you know, health professionals grow a business in a super scalable way where they're not having to work a hundred hours a week, et cetera, et cetera, stuff that can be said for a whole bunch of different coaches out there. But I mean, like what I really love about you and what you do is you live and breathe it too. And you also like from the work that you put out online, your YouTube videos, your social media stuff, everything you do, you exude experience within that field. You don't try and be the everything to everyone kind of thing. And I think that's where a lot of people, um, lose track, right? They lose track of what the, the reason why they set the business up in the first place was to help a specific subsection of the society. And then they try and start, you know, growing, expanding and broadening their their reach. But you've stayed pretty true to this niche since day yeah. one, kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I learned a lot of lessons from my first business, which was, we. it was very successful after many, many years of struggle, but it was very scattered, very complicated, way too much complexity. And when I started Healthpreneur, I had the the luxury of making a tremendous amount of mistakes running every single business model you can think of from summits, launches, free plus shipping offers, JV affiliate stuff, cold trap. Like we did every single thing on the planet and I can, a lot of it was really successful and a lot of it we learned from. And so it gives me a a unique perspective. So when I started Healthpreneur, I said, I'm going to do one thing and that's it. I'm going to do one thing very, very well. And I also realized that- So to clarify that, at this yeah. point, before we go any further, what is the one thing that you now do? Yes. Yeah, so earlier you mentioned, we kind of live and breathe what we teach our clients, which is very true because we help every single one of our clients. Like 99% of clients that come to us have an acquisition problem. Like they need to get more clients. Mm-hmm. There's many ways to, to climb the mountain, but what we've discovered is the fastest and safest way to get there. So we call it a perfect client pipeline, which is essentially cold traffic-based client acquisition. So it's a Facebook ad to a webinar application phone call. We, 95% of our business from day one has been that model. And every single one of the 1,200 plus clients we've worked with all follow follow the same model. And the reason we do that is because when you have one thing to focus on and you have that volume of data you become very, 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 very good at picking out the nuances and learnings that come about from that volume of clientele. Yeah. Yeah. So I see a lot of coaches online and I I never want to speak poorly of anyone because I understand everyone has their, their own paths. But for us, we understand that our market, the number one issue is burnout, right? So the, the, what I call the medical model is, you know, whatever type of health professional you are, for the most part, it's all one-on-one. Chiropractor, doctor, physiotherapist, it's all trading time for money, working their butt off. 
And what we help them do is build their business virtually online because I never want to help someone further imprison themselves in a clinic. Mm. And especially (laughs) like when the pandemic hit, everyone was like, oh my God, I should go online. We're like, we've been telling you this for seven years. So basically we're able to help them on the acquisition side, but also on the delivery side in terms of like being able to help more people without trading time for money. But just going back to the acquisition, it's like, if they came to us because they wanted more clients, they're like, all right, cool. Here's what I'm going to have you do. I need you to post on Instagram several times a day. I need you to send out 100 DMs to every single person that comes in contact with you. And I need you to do that every single day for the rest of your life. Like, that's not like, for me, that never made sense. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want to grind my way to whatever I want to get to. So for us, we had to figure out from day one um, leverage, which was if I could press a button and make a barter exchange with Facebook to say, hey, Facebook, I'll give you 50 bucks a day. Can you show my message to more people? Because the reality is like, as you know, social media, the algorithms for most people or the, the algorithm doesn't favor most people. Like if you have a big following, highly engaged, by all means, keep doing that. But if you've got like 400 people that follow you on Instagram, and that's where you're going to focus all your attention, like you might as well go make lattes at Starbucks. Like seriously, like it's nothing's going to happen from that unless you are willing to put in a tremendous amount of sweat equity. And from my perspective, I would, if I'm going to put in the work, I'd rather be building systems and assets that can work for me in the future. Yep. And so that's what we help our clients do is building systems and skills that work for them forever and then support them with a level of support they would never see anywhere else to actually achieve the results that they want. So that's kind of what it looks like at a high level for us. Love it. So yeah, I mean, like, I think, I don't know about you, but I've just seen a whole bunch of people over the course of a couple of years who have come out of the woodwork. They're a coach all of a sudden, you know, maybe they've, um, you know, maybe they've been doing this for a long time. They had a nine to five, they got laid off or made redundant or, you know, whatever it was, they had all that spare time. You know what? Now's the time. I'm going to give this thing a shot. Let's launch it. Good luck to them. Maybe they are still working that nine to five, but they're working at home. Therefore, their boss can't really see what they're doing and what they're not doing. So they're out kind of on their side hustle thing, you know, doing what they can there. But it just seems to me like there's a lot of people in the quote unquote coaching space that have come out of the woodwork the last couple of years. When it comes to acquiring new prospects, qualifying those prospects, and then converting them, obviously, in the, you know, into a transactional conversion slash client scenario. What's, what have you seen that's worked the best over the last couple of years in terms of like quieting down that noise a little bit and, and yeah. keeping those leads coming in? Acquisition is very interesting because we know that like if you're, in, if you're face-to-face with someone, like that's a very easy sale. Right. When you come online, it's very different. Like the the lack of trust yeah. online is 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 a major issue. So if we understand that no one believes anyone, everyone thinks everyone's a scammer online, if that's like the default setting, you think to yourself, okay, well, what can I do to build what I call the KLT score? So your no like and trust score within your audience. So for me, no like and trust comes down to time, proximity, and value. So how much time can I be in front of someone? How much time can they consume my stuff? How, how much proximity can I have to them in a virtual setting? So like video is going to be more proximal than audio or text. So if we can create more of those types of interactions, that's going to be more trust building. And then value is simply like 
How can I add as much value to my audience as possible? Now, where I think some people, I mean, kind of makes makes sense if we hear that, but what where I think some people do is they're like, okay, well, I'm going to do that by just posting organically, like blog posts and social, and I'm going to do this, this, and that. Cool. That makes sense. If you have the next five to seven years of your life to do that, go for it. Yeah, it took me seven years to make my first million dollars doing that in my first business. And I'm not saying everyone's going to take seven years, but it took a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. I, made my, I made my next $7 million in almost seven weeks with the model that we now teach our clients. So just there for context, go. but yeah. also I also had you know the track record and the wisdom and whatever. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So you figured out, I think most importantly to point out there is that you figured out what worked and what yeah. didn't. And it took you seven years to, to get to that point. But yeah. you kind of, at that point, you had the key to the kingdom to a certain degree, right? Because yeah, then exactly. you just stayed away from everything that didn't work and you just doubled down on everything that did with the one model alone, which, yeah. like you say, allowed you to get that language uh, and that value proposition really honed in. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, you pointed out that we've got stuff on YouTube and social and like yeah. I have people saying like, hey, well, why are you doing YouTube videos? Because I don't have to. That's the reason. I didn't have a YouTube channel on for Healthpreneur and I didn't have a social media, uh, specifically Instagram or TikTok or any of, any of that stuff for almost three years. And then I had some clients that were like, hey man, you should really get on, on Instagram. I'm like, I don't want to take photos of my lunch and like all this nonsense. I'm like, no, it's not about that. So it took me like- Things I'm, like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a slow adopter. We'll consider it that way. And so it took me a long time to see the value in doing that. So obviously Instagram has been, it's been good for us, but even last year at the end of the year, our account was shut down for two and a half months for whatever reason. And it had zero impact on our business. There you go. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. on the flip side, you could say, well, you're well, if you're running Facebook ads and your ad account got shut down, that would dramatically affect your business. And that is also true. And that did happen to us several times over the years. But the thing is, there's always a way to figure things out. And there's lessons I've learned. Obviously, we had our, re- our accounts reinstated and it's, it's been fine. But the thing is like, I, I just think a lot of people approach their business with a level of like hobbyist, like almost like a hobbyist as opposed to someone who's really building something substantial. Yes. And I think yes. if we approached an online business like we do a brick and mortar, it would be very different. I was just driving downtown in the town we live in a couple of days ago and there's this, this new restaurant that opened up. And it's been under construction for like a year. And every single time I've walked or driven by it, there's no more than two or three people inside. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, they have sunk so much money into this and it's going to go out of business in no time. And I think of that same person coming online and starting a business and thinking like, and, and for them to even consider what a business model around whatever they're doing online could look like. And if someone were to say, okay, for you to build a successful business online, it's going to cost you ten dollars to $20,000 a month. They would be like, this is a scam. Show me the proof. How about I pay you after I get results? Right. That's what most people are looking for online. Yeah. But they'll yeah. go drop ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month in lease on a restaurant, their clinic, equipment, all sorts of stuff that doesn't do anything. Yeah. So, And I think the challenge with building a business online is that it's very, like, like real estate, anyone can become a realtor, right? It's a very... Yeah low barrier to entry. That's what happens online. Dude, you're taking the words out of my mouth. Like I have said a hundred times over the last, I don't know, decade, the barrier to entry is getting lower and lower and lower with every new platform that comes out and TikTok this and Instagram that and web 
cite this and podcast that. Like anybody, to, you know, and for you guys tuning in, like, you know, people talk crap on the internet, right? Like you're aware of this. So it's like, it's on one hand, it's, it's, it's tough because there is a lot of noise, but on the other hand, I'm a big believer that if you're showing up in the right way with the right experience, serving the right people in the right way, um, it's slam dunk every time because of that low barrier to entry, right? It is so easy to be better than everyone else, to be honest. It's not about being better than everyone else. It's, I mean, if you think if I don't know about you, Chris, but like, there are very few businesses that I like frequent, whether it's in person or online that I'm really not even blown away, but just like impressed with the quality of service. Like I went to Starbucks yesterday with my son after a soccer game, we put an order in and it said, it'll be ready in eight minutes. We show up there and we're at the time we're supposed to have the pickup. And then I was like, Hey, is there a sandwich with the order that I put through? She's like, Oh yeah, it'll be ready in a couple of minutes. She goes, the freezer takes out of the freezer eight or nine minutes after the order is placed. 14 minutes from time, like at 7.30 at night, right? And I was at another store. It was like seven people behind the counter, one person in front of me. It took 10 minutes to get the order. And like, this is just like, these are just micro examples of how almost every single business, whether it's airlines, hotels, restaurants, online businesses, whatever, all operate. And to your point, most people and businesses are at best mediocre. So if you just do whatever you possibly can to not focus on the competition, but to blow your clients out of the water in terms of experience results, you have no competition. Yes. Like we tell people that come to speak with us about working. We're like, I understand you're speaking with someone else. Um, the purpose of this conversation is to make that one unnecessary and relevant because we have no competition. What I'm about to show you here, you will never find anywhere else because we know the whole We've coached most of the market that's competing with us. Yeah, right? right. There you go. And yeah. you can't create that unless you've been in a space for a good length of time. Right? Doing so the same you, thing for the same type of people over Yeah. And over so again. like when you see yeah. these guys come on on TikTok and they're like, yeah, like I'm this TikTok expert. I'll show you how to get views. I'm like, great, man. You've been around for a year. Right. And I'm sure there's some awesome stuff there. But it's obviously confusing for people to, you know, to make the decisions because there is everyone, like you said, like there's such a low barrier to entry where anyone can become an expert, any quote unquote, you know. So it's it's a challenging time, but it's also a very, very amazing time if you're yep. great at what you do. So I got a question then. So you go from Facebook ad into webinar, into an application call, yep. you do the call, you make the sale on the call. And then obviously they jump on the program and you get to work and the rest is successful healthpreneur history, right? I'm curious to know, and for those tuning in, I, I think I know your model pretty well. I think I know where, where this part of the conversation is going to go. But with that being said, maybe you throw a curve my, my way. Is that the same set of ads you're running all the time, every day? Is that the same webinar that you're doing every week, every month. I mean, like, tell us about how that is set up because it works so well for not only you, but so many other people that I know. Maybe some of the listeners here can kind of take some, you know, little tidbits here and put it into action in some way, shape, or form. Can you break it down a little bit for us? Yeah, for sure. So everything we do is built on how do we build systems that free up our time and still create a tremendous amount of value for the people experiencing it. So we do a evergreen webinar. So it's not a live webinar. Live webinars we have seen have very, very low show up rates and almost turn your business model into a launch model 
just trying right. to get people to show up on the web. So this is something that you've you've recorded. Uh, the good thing about recording it is that you can also edit it a little and get it real good as well. Exactly. Let's not beat around the bush. Like when something's recorded, you can make it look and sound exactly the way you want it to, that you know is going to work. So yeah. that's good. So this is there. It's sitting there and it's just on auto loop. Exactly. As so when anybody else is. And yeah. really, honestly, like we found that slide deck, like black text, white slides, voiceover is the best. So there's no like head on camera and none of that stuff. We keep it simple. We don't okay. worry about like high quality video production. All that stuff is just, it's a distraction. So it's the message that's most important. Yep. So slide deck, like white slides, black text. We have a specific framework for how we do it. 45 mm-hmm. to 60 minutes recorded. It runs 24 seven. So people can access it, you know, as soon as they opt in. So um, the Facebook ads, now the Facebook ads really like when, when I'm coaching my clients and they're saying like, well, my numbers are not quite where they want to be, or I'm paying too much for a lead or this or that. My answer is always the same. It's always about the messaging. So when we look at running Facebook ads, it's not like one ad and that's your home run for the rest of time. Like we've had actually, we've actually had a a couple clients that have run one ad exclusively for 12 plus months. And that's built their business. I'm like, I don't even know how that's possible, but amazing. <laughs> the reality though is like I've written thousands of ads over the years. And when I say ads, I'm not talking about like click here to get a 10% coupon type of thing. I'm talking about like, like, like as if you would write an email to your list, right? Like a message that the people that you're looking to serve would resonate with, it deals with the frustration, paints the story, whatever. So it's a longer piece of copy. And you got to test different angles, different hooks, different ideas that are all going to segue into what it is you're talking about in that webinar. So you have to test a lot of stuff, right? Like you can't build an amazing blog on one blog post. You can't build a big YouTube channel on one YouTube video, right? Like for people to say, they'll come to like, yeah, like I did YouTube. I did Facebook ads before and they didn't work. Like really how many ads did you run? Oh, we did four spent like a couple hundred bucks. So, so we're never going to try again. I guess yeah. Facebook should just call it a day, right? Because it doesn't work. <laughs> most like, right, most exactly. people like Zuckerberg is just, you know, yeah, shitting it, himself yeah. right now. It's What's he gonna do? It's, right. it's a total scam. Like there's no way, right? <laughs> most people don't realize how much work and volume is required to hit not home runs, but singles. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in baseball, Ty Cobb, the winningest batting average of all time. He struck out, like didn't even touch the ball six out of 10 times. And his batting average, I think, was like 0.368, which means he hit the ball, not a home run. He hit the ball just over three out of 10 at-bats. This is the best average batting of all time. There you go. And when you think of that, it's like, huh. Um, I was at a tennis camp a couple of years ago, and the instructor was like, does anyone know the percentage of points that Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and, Rafa, and Roger Federer, who are the top three best players of all time, what percentage of points in a match do they win? And we're all like, oh, it's got to be like 80% plus. He's like, no, no, no. It's about 54%. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, you're telling me that 46% of the time they lose the points. And these are the three best players of all time. And like, it just goes to show that like most times, most stuff we put out there is not going to work. So going back to the Facebook ads, you can't just have a few and hope for the best. Like you have to constantly make it a daily practice of writing, of sharpening the sword. And it's not that you have to deploy a new ad every day, but it's like you have to have an archive of stuff that you can test out as social media posts or emails or, and you can use them across the different platforms. So, yeah, I mean, like when we talk about content in general, like 
I don't know about you, but I batch a lot of my content that I have yeah. done for many, many years. So, you know, if we're going to spend one day shooting eight YouTube videos so we don't have to worry about it for two months and we drop one a week, or if we're going to spend an entire morning recording four episodes of our podcast so we don't have to worry about it for the next month, we can drop an episode a week. Why wouldn't we spend half a day or a day sitting down and writing five, six, seven different Facebook ads? Content is content is content, right? Exactly. Like it's it's just a matter of like, it, and I, like I want people listening or watching this just like to really understand if you were to write a post, like a caption for an Instagram post, that is an ad. It is a message you are trying to connect with your audience around. The only difference with an ad is you're amplifying it with money. That's it. Instagram and Facebook are going to show your stuff to a very, very, very small percentage of people who follow you. With advertising, we're saying, take the message, because I think it resonates with these people, and let's just put some money behind it so it's actually shown to more people. That's really all we're doing. And the nice thing about this, like why I love advertising is that it forces you to take your business seriously. Like it's very easy to go on Instagram and do these like pointing videos and it drives me bonkers. I don't know why it drives me crazy, but it's like instantaneous unfollow if I see that stuff. It's we, just crazy. We, we talk so much about that. My my daughter who who manages uh, all of our social. Yeah. Uh, very lucky to have an older daughter that I put through university. So she now feels guilty and has to work for me. <laughs> Reciprocity. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's payback, right? But she said a couple of times, Dad, we got to get you doing reels. You know, and I'm like, I okay, I like the idea of maybe doing reels, but if you expect me to start dancing and pointing in thin air, you've got another yeah. thing coming. I'm a grown ass man. This yeah, ain't you gonna can happen. Add, you can no. add value in other ways. Like you can do a reel, <laughs> you could do a talk in a camera. It's like, is it gonna yeah. be as entertaining as shaking your booty? Like whatever. But I'm like, I just I just find it hilarious. So for me, it's like, well, if you if you understand that advertising is a skill like anything else. You just have to understand, okay, there's, there's messaging and there's math. Get the messaging dialed in, get the math dialed in. All right. How much are we going to pay Facebook? All right. Let's say 20 bucks a day. Cool. How much am I paying for a click? How much am I paying for an opt-in? How many opt-ins do I need to get a call booked? How many calls booked do I need to have one sale? And then you reverse engineer everything. And then it becomes the most beautiful, predictable system because you know, if you're spending a thousand a month, all right, well, if we went to 10,000, Here's what we could expect, more or less, if the numbers hold up. And that's a really, really nice place to be because most businesses have no predictability. Like there's no, you can't say like forecasting is just like wishing, you know, it's like if we forecast, we're going to spend this amount a month. We know more or less how many leads, calls, booked, et cetera, clients are going to come in. That's a really nice place to be. So we can reverse engineer where we want to go all the way down to what we have to do today. And that's why like paid traffic is such a beautiful thing that you can't really replicate with organic content. And listen, like I am a content machine. Like my whole first business was built on it and I still produce a tremendous amount of content and I love it. And I think it's amazing. And I think for the long term of your business and brand, it is massively essential. Totally. However, if you don't have a foundation like that is predictably bringing clients in, your business is going to struggle. So I like my advice is let's build the foundation. Let's fill up your cup. Let's build your income. Then your influence. Yep. Totally. Absolutely. So if, if somebody is doing 
you know, if somebody is doing this, that they're running, you know, let's say 20, 30, 50 bucks a day uh, on, on Facebook ads, they're getting people to their webinar on the webinar itself. I, I mean, obviously you're providing an insane amount of value that you could charge for, but you're not, it's free. Um, are you, I'm curious to know, cause like, what's the drop off point on those webinars? Like how many people watch all the way to the end? Do you have a pitch for the call? to book the call just at the end or are you trying to get people to sign up for that call even before the webinar takes place or yeah. is it at the beginning and the mid roll? Like what, how are you converting people onto these calls? Yeah. I guess is the these, are, these are really good questions. And I think what's yeah. fascinating about this business model is that when you speak to people on the phone, you start to get real time feedback from the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So we've tested things like, uh, so j- just to answer your first question, what would drop off? It's like literally the first couple seconds. So no matter how long we've tested micro webinars, one of my webinars was three and a half hours in my other business. Every single one is like high at the start and then sh- just drops off. So we know that it might be 10 to 20% of people who last all the way to the end. And we've tested things like, um, so we'll have like a button that shows up underneath the video or the webinar on the page. And we've tested having that right away. So within the first two minutes, for instance, and what we found is a lot, you get higher call volume, but you have a lot of less qualified people because sure. they don't even watch the training. The purpose yeah, they don't, of this, don't even know how you're going to help them. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the purpose of this funnel, this pipeline is it's a filtering tool more than anything else. We want people to say, I don't want to watch this. We want people to be like, this is boring. We want people to be like, I don't want to read your ad. It's too long. Exactly. That's the purpose of this is if you make it too easy for people, you get a higher volume, but less committed slash qualified potential clients. So we, we know that. Like, like the Marines have a saying, if you want the most, make it easy. If you want the best, make it hard. That's essentially the purpose of what we're doing here. So in our webinar, how we do it is, I'm very upfront. I'm like, listen, like I'm going to give you some amazing stuff over the next 45, 60 minutes. And I do want to let you know that I have nothing to sell you here. However, if you're interested in us having and having a discussion with us about how we might be able to help you, I'll let you know a bit more about that toward the end. So I kind of decrease the, when is the pitch coming? Like I'm not selling when you get started today, you get bonus one, bonus two, like a 50% price discount on the spot. Like there's none of yeah. that. Yeah. I'm kind it's of just the worst. worst. It's, it's just oh the God. worst. Yeah. I mean, if like, you run to the back like, of the room right now, like, oh God, I feel like I need to take a bloody shower, Yuri. Literally. Yeah. It's like I've been violated, you know, it's, yeah. it's the worst. But yeah, okay. So there's no kind of value stacking promo at the end or no, anything like, like that. The value we get to is, the end. So, yes, we plant the seed at the start. We go through the training or the webinar. The value comes from clarity, not so much of the how to. Right. So I'm not saying, I mean, I can, we can yes. map out, like, here's the perfect client pipeline. Here's how to get clients. But am I going to review every single one of your ads right now? Am I going to talk you through the nuances of how to create a good webinar? Am I going to give you feedback on your sales calls? No, like that's what being a client means. Right. So when we get to the quote unquote pitch at the end, it's like, Hey, if you've, if you've enjoyed this and you recognize that you're not going to get where you want to get to by yourself, and this is making sense for you. The next step is to book a call on the call. We'll do a few things to help you get more clarity, put a game plan together. And if you want our help, we can talk about what that looks like. If not, that's totally fine. And for us, the scarcity comes from the problem. It's not about like, there's only five spots remaining. It's like, if your problem isn't big enough right now, if this is like a later thing or a nice to have, don't even bother. 
But if yeah. this is something you know you have to solve and you know you're not getting there already because you would have already been there, then this might be a good opportunity. Mm. So for us, on average, about 5% of people, 5 to 7% of people that watch our webinar will book a call with us. But for us, that's like a lottery, that's like a lottery ticket number. We know that it, like if we're hitting that, that sweet spot, we're golden. And we just know that like in any audience, like even on your email list, like 90 plus percent of people will never buy anything from you. Right. But yeah, our whole perspective absolutely. is like, let's just keep adding value. Let's just keep blowing them away with goodness. Cause at some way, in some way it's going to come back. Right. And even if they don't well, work with you, you've got to have a certain amount of like touch points, right? Like we yeah. know this in sales, whatever it is, six, seven times, or even more, maybe online. Like you've got to have a certain number of touch points in place before you're going to get a yes yep. anyway. So why not, instead of just irritating them with stupid Instagram posts every five minutes, like why not provide genuine real value totally. across a number of different places? So, yep. oh, okay, cool. That, that was a good YouTube video. Or, hey, I really enjoyed that email I got. You know, you do three or four times like that and they're going to be more warmed up to do some business with you anyway. Yeah, and I think it helps and it's easier said than done to really extend the, the time frame of your business. Like if you think of like when we set goals, like we're going to make this amount of money by this date, it's kind of bullshit. It's like an arbitrary number by a random date. And it's like, what's the big difference if you're two days off, right? Like we set these arbitrary goals and we put this, I think it's important to have goals, but sometimes we put this unrealistic pressure on ourselves where I, I do believe pressure is very positive, but to the point that it, that it, it encourages the right behavior as opposed to demoralizing you if you're not there yet. And I think if we look at, you know, let's say you have an email list of 10,000 people, whatever it is. If you think of every single one of those people eventually is going to do business with you, even though we know statistically it's never going to happen. You know that like, if someone's not ready yet, they're going to be ready at some point. Mm. And the key is for you to be there when they're ready. Because mm-hmm. if you send an email to your list once a month and then and th- like their pivotal moment was yesterday and they're not receiving an email from you for the next three weeks and they got an email from someone else, now that person's top of mind, they're more likely to take action right. with them. Right. So it's about being top of mind. It's about adding value. It's about understanding that most people are not ready now. That's okay. Just continue like pouring love and value into their lives so that in their mind, there is no one else they would want to do business with when they are ready. Yeah, But that's not going to happen today or tomorrow. It might happen five years from now. And that's why if you take the long-term approach to, I'm going to be here for the next 70 years, I'm not going anywhere. When you're ready, I'm here. And it just alleviates a lot of pressure. And it also gives you this sense of confidence. Like even if someone chooses to work with someone else, like for us, we're like, you'll be back because yeah. we know what other people are doing. And we, a lot of our clients come to us, like I've been burned before or I did that program. I'm like, yep, we've heard that before. And they come around because they're like, man, like I wish I knew about this before. Yeah. So when you know that you are focused and obsessed with your clients and you do everything in your power to help deliver amazing results to them, you know you're doing the good work. And eventually that's going to come back to you, whether it's next month, next year, or whatever. But it just takes time, right? Yeah, I hear you. Let's let's talk email real quick. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up in a minute, but I, I need to ask this question. So somebody opts in, they get onto the webinar. Maybe they don't get onto the webinar, but they're on your email list. Now, we all know the power of the email list and, and how it can have a direct effect on the health of your business, right? Mm-hmm. When somebody does get onto the, onto the email list um, at Healthpreneur, like, are you 
Oh, I, I just realized I haven't pointed out a fellow printer, you printer, health printer. There's <laughs> basically, yeah, like this is good stuff. I'm digging yeah. it. Um, how often do you touch base with your folks via email? And yeah. what are you sharing in that email? Is it just links to content you've created and you've posted somewhere else? Or is it very kind of more proprietary stuff on email only? Yep. So it's about 10 days of daily touch points. When someone comes in, they're going to get a sequence on the back end of that webinar. Yep. And that sequence, again, has been improved over the years of us seeing where the skepticisms are, what the objections are, and being able to address those. So there's a lot of that. It's like, hey, if you've been wondering this, here's a piece of content that can give you some clarity or see so-and-so story, like a case study around Mm -hmm. that specific objection, how that person was able to overcome it. So a lot of it is really just kind of like credibility and overcoming objections in the form of value adding and case studies. And then we did a a five-day challenge last year called the W Revenue Challenge. And so we just included that like five, it's like really like five epic days of uh, trainings about an hour each. And we just included that toward the end of the sequence. We're like, all right, it's been about seven days. Nothing's happening. The call to action will be like, hey, whenever you're ready, just, you know, book a call. And then toward the end of that sequence, if they haven't done that yet, we're just like, all right, let's just, here's five epic trainings that relate to what we're talking about here. Enjoy them. And then again, there's a soft call to action in those as well. Again, the goal is if someone watches our webinar, if they consume a couple of our emails, if they watch five more hours of content, if they go on YouTube and watch hours of our stuff, like at some point they're going to be ready. Right. And that's our whole goal is to just immerse them in our world of, you know, value, our, our philosophy. And after that 10 days, if they don't take action in terms of booking a call with us, then they're moved into a kind of like our newsletter bucket, if you will. And we typically send out three to four emails a week where similar things is, you know, it's content, it's case studies um, with, you know, with soft PS calls to action. And that's typically how we do it. So in the, in the first 10 days, when they, after they've signed up, they don't get the newsletter. They're in that sequence and all they get is a sequence after the sequence goes to sleep. Then they're in kind of, they get a couple of emails a week or whatever it is. Exactly. This is great. This is good stuff. I like to always kind of like pick, and go a little deeper on some of the, uh, you know, the, those are overarching kind of evergreen type strategies because, yeah, totally. you know, now, now we know how it works. Now we know that they don't get the digest kind of slash weekly emails while they're in the middle of that nurturing sequence. But I, I think a lot of people make the mistake of doing that. And then it's too much, too much content in too short of a space time. And a lot of it might even be quite disjointed and you just, they fall off because of that reason, that reason alone yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, like, even then like, 10 daily emails and some people are like, Hey man, stop emailing, me. stop emailing me. I'm like, great. Just unsubscribe. Like, yeah. thank you for making my life so much easier because totally we, I think a lot of people get so, um, they get so bent out of shape by one person being like F off, never email me again, or like unsubscribe me. And we're so worried about that one or two people that we forget the 98% of other people who are genuinely enjoying the content who we never hear from. Right. So the thing is like, as long as you know you are doing your best work, that's all that matters. Like if someone yeah. has an issue with you providing value to them 10 days in a row, like what are you going to do? Like never email them and hopefully this, when they're ready, they're going to email you. Like it's never going to happen. It's your business. You do whatever you want. For us, it's 10 daily emails and then it's you know three to four emails a week after that. If you want to email your people once a week, 
great. But I'll tell you this, the more you email your audience, the more money you're going to make and the more people are going to help. Like I've seen that in every business I've had. And you just have to find whatever cadence is going to work for you. But it's all about being top of mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think anyone would post once a week on social. Would it make a lot of sense, right? So don't be afraid to be in front of your people more often. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Do you, do you kind of like write about whatever it is you want to write about in those additional weekly emails? Or do you try and kind of like newsjack a little bit and jump on hot topics and try and get them relatable in some capacity to what you're doing for your client? Like what's, what's your MO on that side of things? How do you get that stuff? But I'm, I'm, I'm very bad at writing, to be honest. I'm sorry. I'm a good writer-ish. I just don't like doing it. So for me, my easiest- So you get somebody else to do it for you. Kind of. So we all shoot the videos all day long. And then we kind of repurpose the videos and kind of craft out the emails. But there are many, many times where I will genuinely sit down and write an email out. And for me, it's more often inspiration than like I have to do it. So if I have to do it, I'm looking at an inventory of stuff we already have from videos I've shot that are now useful. You know, but like, as an example, my son, who's almost three, fell in our pool the other week, which was, and he doesn't know how to swim yet. So like, I saw him in the house and I ran outside and I jumped in the pool to save him. That's a great opportunity to share a lesson about skills, right? If kids, as an example, like this is what I do is I look at what happened in my day and I'll just share a life lesson. So like, hey, if I don't teach my son how to swim, he never has the ability to know how to get himself out of that situation. Kind of like if you have an agency running all your ads and then you do a terrible job, you never have the skill of understanding how to acquire clients. So every opportunity in our life, like you can look outside and be like, huh, that tree is cool. How can I tie that into something? Like everything like on a day-to-day basis is an opportunity to share something with your audience. Guys, this happens to be a lesson, right? For you guys tuning in, like you, I know you hear me talk about this stuff all the time. It's so good to have somebody super smart coming in talking to you about it as well. I shared an analogy or a story actually just on my Instagram last week where we were, was painting the Wendy house with my daughter, Cassandra. We just had it built. And, um, and yes, I did delegate the building of the Wendy house because I can't do flat pack boxes. Never have been able to, never will be able to like Ikea that's like a foreign word to me. Yeah. Um, but once it was erected, uh, I said, yeah, okay, let's go in and you know, we'll start painting up. And about, I don't know, 30 minutes in, not even that, probably more like 15 minutes, she said, Daddy, this is such hard work. It's going to take forever to paint this Wendy house. And I said to her, well, yeah, well, that's, it's, you know, that's the way things are. Like nothing worthwhile is easy in yeah. life, you know. And then I shared that story on Instagram and I started talking about building a business and how building a client book is something that happens over a period of time. It doesn't happen in five minutes and blah, blah, blah. And I had a lot of replies to that because people get it. They get the analogy. They can they can picture you running out to get your kid out of the pool. And they can picture me in a Wendy house with a paintbrush full of pink bloody paint on it as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's It's one of those things. And I think that's where, like, for me, I think wisdom, expertise comes down to simplifying complexity it's about finding parallels with with universal principles or or natural or natural principles and i think all of us have that capability if we've been doing something long enough we start to draw comparisons like the example you gave is amazing and i think 
a lot of people are trying to run their business like it's a one night stand or you know they just got dropped on the planet with some kind of special skill set that they haven't you know taken the time to really harness yet right and i i think you know we live in a culture where everyone is hoping for fast results and one of the things that for me that i'm very cognizant of with our messaging is we constantly tell our audience how hard it's going to be mm-hmm. like listen like this may not be for you right like the reality is that it's not for most people and we're constantly like using exclusive like exclusionary type of messaging in our marketing to say like listen like i believe in you kind of but i don't even know you and the reality is like i want to believe in you but you have to believe in yourself and if you don't have what it takes to build something great then don't you know don't say you want to right like yeah. i don't bullshit people and i get a lot of people that tell me like i appreciate you because you're a straight shooter and that's the way i am and i think the most yeah. important thing is and I, I, I love your brand, Youpreneur, because I think it really encapsulates what I'm about to say is like, you have to do you. Like mm-hmm. you have to be the, the most fullest, most expressive version of your, of your fullest self. Like the, what you believe your voice to be, don't dampen it, don't dim it because you think you're going to offend a few people or, you know, like I want to please everyone. You just have to be you. And, and, and like for me, I'm not the most compassionate person. Like I, I do have a lot of caring and empathy for helping people, which is obviously why I'm in this space. But I also don't buy people's stories. I don't buy their excuses. Yeah. And when people say they sure. want something, but they're not willing to do it, I'm like, I understand it's scary. But yeah, either you don't, like I've just been doing this so long that yeah. I don't you, have time You know for it. Bullshit. You can smell it, right? You yeah. can smell it. Yeah. 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 It's like, I, totally. get, I get it's scary. I understand it. I've been there. I've made those investments and I understand it. But do not tell me you want this thing if you're not willing to make the sacrifice, yeah. right? And that's just the way I do it. Now, whatever it is you want to share with the world, just do you. Because the thing is, like, we're all boomerangs. We're all like tracker beams. Like, what you put out is going to come right back to you. So if you are the fullest version of yourself, you will attract the right people who resonate with you. As opposed to like, oh, I got to be like Gary Vee or I got to be like Grant Cardone. That's not who you are, unless that is who you are, right? Yeah. I'm with you 100%. Such a good conversation, man. Um, I feel like we could go for another five, six hours at least. Um, and maybe we will do at some point. But uh, for now, I appreciate you joining me. It was great to have you on the show. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Uh, for you guys tuning in, want to follow uh, Yuri, what he's all about, check out his website. Um, hey, you know what, guys? Get into his funnel. See how he does this stuff. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. But make sure that you don't click every single link because uh, – Unless you're a health professional, he's not interested in serving you. Um, But yeah, (laughs) Uh, healthpreneurgroup.com. Go check out the site. Follow him on Insta. He's great. I love his videos. And um, we'll be back again with another episode real soon. Take good care for now. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Youpreneur FM. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, why not head over to our official website at youpreneur.com to access all our tools and resources essential to building, marketing, and monetizing a future-proof business based around your expertise. We'll see you next time.